Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. gentlemen welcome back to another exciting episode of thriller bitcoin um today we have on a very very special guest um she is known as bitcoin wife here on bitcoin twitter welcome to the show thank you so much thanks for having me car i appreciate it yeah um we won't say who you are because that's not what we do in the bitcoin space (laughs) no but i will say um we have a lot of things to talk about like a lot. We have a lot. We so wrote them down. <laughs> if you're if you're a Bitcoiner, you should probably listen to this episode. I think this is going to be like an amazing talk because I think I think we see a lot of stuff eye to eye, but there might be something we don't see stuff eye to eye. That's true. And so I can't wait. And there needs to be more women in Bitcoin. That too. And then also <laughs> we'll have the discussion of like back and forth and like the fact that it's a male Bitcoiner, yes. a female Bitcoiner yeah. talking about these things openly in public. Um, there's also for the plebs, there's no agenda here or anything like that. This no. is not like scripted or anything. It's just like, literally we had a conversation the other night Yeah, and I was like, you should come on the pod. And that's how it, and I was like, okay, perfect. And so now here we are. <laughs> let's just, cause we have a list of things. <laughs> uh, we, before we started, we were talking about like therapy. We were talking about therapy and my opinion on therapy has changed over the years. I think therapy is a beautiful tool for people that don't know how to communicate. But I, in my opinion, all you have to do is communicate, right? Like what is the fear? And I think a lot of women have that fear that there's judgment or validation. And I'm sure from the male side, it's the same thing. Where do you think that comes from? At least from a woman's standpoint, it's, it's this incredible society. And I'm saying incredible in the most sarcastic way possible that just wants to rear end women into, you know, becoming this boss girl or becoming this like girl boss. And at the end of the day, like we don't have to be that and we don't have to be put in this box. And then we don't need to seek that validation to be ourselves in the industry, in the world as women. Do you think it's, do you think, and this is me personally, um, I'm also plebs. I'm going to be open and Mm -hmm. honest about my history. Yes. So I've kind of alluded to it on other podcasts that I show up on, but so you're gonna hear all my drama. So and I will listen to your drama. Uh, and luckily, <laughs> Bitcoin wife, 
uh, wants to help me be be a better man, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the only way we're gonna learn, learn together. So we like I got divorced last year, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that we tried doing before the divorce was going to therapy, but we went for like two months, right. maybe three months, like weekly, like weekly. And okay. we actually started. I want to say, and I'm sorry to my ex wife if I get this wrong because that was another thing I was always like you're very forgetful you don't remember right. the chain of events and so I do apologize in advance um she's I should also say she's a wonderful woman she's amazing um I'm forever changed in a great way because of her I wouldn't Absolutely. be I wouldn't be here today without her having said that um in February um I think we went to therapy for like four weeks mm-hmm. me being a guy, I just didn't want to do it. I was, of course, I wanted to go more towards God. And then she found us like a different therapist mm-hmm. um, later in the year um, as we were getting close to our inevitable separation. Right. Uh, it was like literally the last ditch thing. And we went for two months. And I felt this is what we we're talking about right before the show. Like I felt like, I don't know, I felt like it was like getting on a subway train, um, taking the subway train for an hour. Uh, and it's like the worst subway, subway train of all time. We were getting into everything, like everything, like right. all the dirty laundry, as they call it. Right. And afterwards, the, the, the therapist wouldn't really give us any tangible, you know, things to do, like any actionable um, steps, I would, I would call it. Well, and uh-huh. let me just finish real quick. And I don't mean to cut you finish off. Finish your thought, but I, I'm going to keep my thought because it's important. Yeah. Keep your thought. Just for the listeners. Cool. So we would get off the subway train and then I would be I'd be left with a week of just like pure like I don't want to, I want to use the right word here. I guess drama and also like right. heartbreak and heartache and on both sides. Right. And I just like, what was the point of therapy if every week we were just doing this over and over to ourselves? It right. was like hitting yourself, you know, that meme where like the guy's riding a bike and then he puts a thing, he's like, Oh, it's it was like that. Now, what's your point? The point is, okay, so a therapist is someone that we pay, right? Right. Someone that we pay that is paid to give us advice from an XYZ university that supposedly gives you great credibility, right? But then you spoke about God. And I think we don't talk about God enough because God is like the number one therapist out there and you don't have to pay at all. And you know that the credibility is there because he is God. And, you know, as a Catholic and and you're a Catholic as well, I think we can all agree that spiritual guidance can be found through religion, regardless of what religion you're part of. And then at the end of the day, you don't have to pay, you know, a hundred bucks an hour per week to get that validation from someone, you know, and get advice. And especially because your wife chose the therapist that also creates this, you know, so she chose the therapist and I'm here as a visitor instead of a couple choosing a therapist together, which a couple's never going to choose a therapist together because we're different. And that's the beauty of being in a relationship is you're complementing each other. But the one person that can help is God as the therapist that you can both choose together. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I, you know, I feel like now, you know, and we've been divorced uh, since 
I guess, separated uh, last year around October-ish, I think, somewhere around there. And then we've been officially divorced since March just because there was a lot right. of uh, paperwork and stuff. Um, the U.S. government. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. Why not? <laughs> so, like, one of the things that I, I learned through all this divorce and, you know, know, know these things, plebs, is that I learned that once you get married via the courts, mm -hmm. now they're in your business as far yes. as like what uh, what happens and how how you go about things and all sorts of like ridiculous hoops you have to jump through, paperwork, yeah. all that stuff. I will say that just like facts. And that's one thing I learned getting a divorce was like, I can't believe how many hoops I had to jump through and how many like time limits and like timetables luckily i had like one of the best judges like i could ever That's have awesome. he, you could you could tell he was like sovereign texas i was <laughs> texas gonna say judge. you're in texas <laughs> yeah i got <laughs> so lucky thing. um but there was no reason for the courts to be involved right 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 and that's and that's why getting married in the church or getting married under the eyes of god in a temple what have you that's the beauty of it because you're making a sacred bond that is between God, you, and your wife, you know, or I'm not even going to get into the gender expression thing. It is between a man and a woman that is marriage. And we don't need to jump into that. It's not even on a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to. yeah. We can, we can jump into it. But just to finish, to wrap yeah. this little thing up is like, I think therapy I think I think like you said I think having a a uh, a Christian foundation mm -hmm. and building from there I think that's the way and that's the way I'm going to go going forward. Yeah. I don't see myself um other being with another person that doesn't have a Christian foundation. Agreed. Yeah. If you don't have God at the center then you don't have a marriage because then you don't have a sacrament of marriage. So it's just logic 100. at this point. 100. Um, so let's talk about that. Okay. The gender stuff. Yeah. I, I just visited my my family and my sister. She won't care if I talk about this. I just visited <laughs> my family over the weekend. Yeah. And we got into this like long discussion about gender and about all this stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Since I've been Christian pilled, as they say, and I'm, you know, been baptized mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Before then, I used to ask these questions. I used to like, I would want to understand. Oh, you I, did ask. Yeah, I would ask. I would yeah. ask God. Like, I didn't understand yeah. these things because um, I would literally be like, "How is this? How is this possible? Where this person is born and then feels like this?" Right. I want to understand from like a God perspective. So I would literally just ask questions. I'm such a kid when it comes to like Christianity. I just ask God about yeah. everything, and then little by little, I would ask Him, and then. You, I would, we would get a service or we would right. I would be in a, a Bible study or something and then somebody else would bring it up or right. somebody would bring up a passage and then I would be like, oh, this is why. But I think I think the key thing is there is just like asking God if you have these hard questions and right. that you're a Christian and that that was one thing about my wife. Like she was Catholic too, mm -hmm. but she also had these fundamental fundamental like breaking things for right. for the catholic religion and i would say yeah just ask god <laughs> like yeah it's very easy it's very easy or ask 
your, your, your priest. Ask your priest. Ask someone that will give you spiritual guidance. So I'm a professor at university, and I will say the gender expression and the gender identity has only become very prevalent in like the last three or four years, where if I use the term guys to address a group of men and women, I will get reprimanded for it. What? And I've been reprimanded for it. And at the end of the day, like, I'm just using a word, you know? This word is a colloquial word that is used for expression. Now I have to say y'all or friends, so it's gender inclusive. I don't think so, because I'm not going to limit myself to the way that I teach, to the way that I do things, to the way that I speak, because someone doesn't feel included in the conversation. Due to a word that I use to describe the context of the room. And that just really aggravates me at this point because as someone that would like to have kids, what are my kids going to think if this is what's going on right now in 2022? Right? Yeah. I I go back to to what my sister said, and this really hit home with me. Mm-hmm. My sister said, you know, if some of those kids would have been raised by their mom at home, like we mm. were, Car, yeah. then maybe a different outcome. She also said that with her and her kids, yeah. she like makes sure like they know who they are and what they are and why that's beautiful. Right. And then they also go to church too as well. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying anybody else doing the opposite is the wrong way, but I do know that this in my heart and my soul is telling me this is the right way. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So let's think of the logic of parenting because that you bring up a good point. So from the 1950s on, women stopped staying at home and taking care of their children because more women were going to the workforce due to men being in the army and the, the wars that we had, right? So that's where we evolved into this woman being out of the house, right? So your sister is in the house taking care of the children, correct? Right. Okay. So there's a difference between, for example, someone that you're paying to take care of your children, someone that you're also letting teach your children at a public school setting, and then yourself being that person that parents their own children. I think we forget the fact that parenting is this beautiful thing. And we're just like, oh, I'm just going to have kids because that's like part of my timeline. I don't believe that all men and women should be parents. Like, I actually think that some people are not meant to be parents. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Why, why, why do you think that? I don't want to like bash any parents that I know, but there are a lot of people that they tend to have children. And then at the end of the day, they go to work and they have their own life. And it's a very selfish life. When, at, when in reality, the most important priority in your life should be your children if you decide to have children. Therefore, if you're going to choose your career over over having kids, you're not going to be a good parent. Interesting. Do you think that goes for men too? This is me speaking selfishly. Okay, so I think we need to we need to go back to basics and talk about like what is the role of a man and what is the role of a woman. Okay, let's do that. Okay. So what in your opinion what is the role of a man from before, a men's perspective? Before if you would have asked asked me prior to, you know, getting baptized and everything like that, I would have said, yeah, both men and women work. And then 
Mm-hmm. We raise our kids. And then I would have said, yeah, that's just the way. Um, I do know, having said that, though, now being on the other side of that, I realize that's the wrong statement because okay. I look at where my mom, I was a home birth. So my mom raised me from an infant all the way till I was like 10 years old before she started her career Love that. doing what she's doing. But I do know once that, once I hit that 10 year old mark, mm-hmm. grades started failing. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, because okay. I didn't have that person there. All of us didn't, like my brothers yeah. and sister, like we didn't have that there. Yeah. Um, like the full family right. pod. Right. So the man, the woman right. in the house at the same time. Right. Okay. So what is the women's role? I, I think back then, like pre pre your baptism. Yeah, I would I would say like, yeah, she would work and we'd all help with the house and do all those things. Right. Um, and then we would have kids, too. and We would make it work somehow okay. magically. Like, right. But now I see that kids are the most important part of the family. And yes. we need to make sure that since they're the future, we need to make sure that they they are the highest priority. Right. When it comes to like building that family and like moving forward, like at the end of the day, if you lower your time preference and like build everything slowly, right, you could build an amazing, an amazing family that that stands generations. Yeah. So I know you haven't seen Big Fat Greek Wedding. Which no, yeah, I, I need to watch that. I think everyone should. It's on my list. I have a lot. Of, like everybody's been giving me crazy movie lists. Everyone should watch that movie, whether you're an immigrant or whether you're from the United States. So the wife. So her daughter, the daughter ends up, you know, falling. She's a Greek daughter. She ends up falling in love with an American man. And the family doesn't approve of this American man in the family. Now, the father, her father, gets all aggravated and stuff. And the daughter goes to her mom and she's like, oh my gosh, like, why does that have to be so stubborn? And then her mom says, let me take care of it. Remember, the woman is the neck. And the man is the head. The woman can change the, the head any way she wants. And that's the best description that I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. Wait, of, say that again slower because I'm really I'll slow. Say, I'll actually, <laughs> I actually said it wrong. So I'll say it again. So the woman, no, it goes, it starts with the man first. The man is the head of the family, but the woman is the neck. And the neck can turn the head any way she wants. Boss. Love that. That's an old movie. That's from like 2004. That's a tweet. It is? No, it should be a tweet. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take it, anybody. (laughs) But yeah, so because of that, I've always said to people like, okay, yes, 100%. You are in a partnership with your man as a woman. But you're not the sole breadwinner. You're not the one that's supposed to go out into the world and have this career and like make a name for yourself. You're supposed to be at home and take care of your kids because you're the neck of the family. The man is the head of the family. And that's like the easiest thing. I can't even explain it further because there's no other explanation for it. Right. We're not meant to be subservient to men, but we're connected to men. We're connected to the brain of a man. We're not meant to make the decisions, but we're definitely made to help consult those decisions. Absolutely. Like, just thinking about it, like, 
you know, I only have my experience from my from my ex-wife, but it was clearly the opposite of that, right? Mm. Um, was she making most decisions? And that's the thing. Like once I got orange build, yeah, it that's when like changed everything. It changed everything, and it changed me fundamentally. I wasn't the same man, um, and I started making these changes, and she didn't like it anymore because mm. I was no longer this soy boy, you know. Yeah. So. I well, think I, I think th- that is probably the the biggest thing is like yeah. hard for a woman to take that when it happens inside of the marriage. It does. It does. Well, and in society now, like let's talk about being orange pilled. It's very hard for women to be orange pilled because they think, you know, on the outside, oh, well, you know, the man's just taking over and they're making all of our decisions, et cetera. But there are so many women in Bitcoin that I've met that are not like that. And we need to have more of those women because I don't feel like that at all. I've actually felt the most empowered I've ever felt in my life. And I'm saying these things, right? I'm not saying we should go out and have our careers and we should be girl bosses. Like I do feel like a boss, but I'm not a girl boss, if that makes sense. Absolutely. (laughs) And just, just if you're, if you're out there listening, um, I personally, know a few bitcoiner women yep and they're some of the toughest yes humans on the planet mm-hmm. those are just facts um facts and we're not lesbians and we're not bodybuilders and we're not like trying to be men we have our place as women and yeah we're tough as nails and we're thick-skinned but it's because we have men like the pleb guys and bitcoiners to protect us Right. And isn't that great? <laughs> I think it's I think it's absolutely amazing. And the more and more that we're seeing it here in Austin. Right. You just see uh is it okay if I mention the Bitcoiners Wife? Yeah, let's talk Club? about it. Yeah. yeah. Is it, how do you, what, what what is it called and, and what is it exactly? So, it's called the Bitcoin Wives Club and we are just joining ourselves um in our feminine ways and doing things that we love to do as women and it's we have girls night night out. We, you know, just have lunch and talk about things that we want to talk about. Sometimes we talk about Bitcoin. Sometimes we don't. But it's nice because we, I've never been able to make friends with women. I've historically always made friends with men. And the reason being is that women don't think the same way that I do. Oh, interesting. No, no. Before you go on to the, yeah. what you're about to explain, why is that? Because I've, I've asked that to multiple women throughout my life. Like, why do you think that is? Well, I think I went to like, you know, having a college education, you know, going out into the world and, you know, trying to find your way in your career. You get sucked into this society where you just want to be a girl boss. Like, that's the whole point now. The whole point is. You know, I don't need to find a boyfriend. I don't need to find a husband. Like, I can make it on my own. I don't believe in marriage. I don't believe in having kids. I don't believe in any of that. And most women that I know subscribe to that sort of concept. Where is that coming from? I think it starts at a university setting. So there's this great book called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's by Jonathan Haidt. He's a social psychology professor at NYU. And he talks about the fact that when you take kids out of their parental settings and now you're placing them in a big university setting, you know, these kids kind of feel rebelled and vulnerable. Like when you're 18, you're like, 
I can conquer the world, but how the hell am I going to do it? So then your professors and the people that are in these university settings are the ones that are essentially changing your brain from your 18 to 25 year old, you know, timeline. So when you go to a, and you know, most universities are very liberal, that's where everything changes, right? Fascinating. So that's such a, that's such a, a really great, good book. That's a great explanation. Yeah. Check out the book. Yeah. Check out that book. So going forward with Bitcoin or Bitcoin wives club, do you not find any of those women in there or are there some, like, how does that work? Not really. So we, last time we met, we talked about the point of femininity versus feminism. And a lot of people think that, you know, feminism is the way to go. Like we have to stand up for women's rights. And although I love that and I totally agree with that, it's been taken to like a very terrible extreme. And I always thought, you know, if, I wore pants and a pantsuit and was in this career, like I'd lose my femininity. But I can be feminine. So in Bitcoin Wives Club, we have this notion where it's like, embrace your femininity. There's nothing wrong with being feminine. There's nothing wrong with a man protecting you. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with thinking the way that you want to think, not the way that society makes you think. And that's what I love about it. And I have been, you know, embracing my femininity more. I used to not wear makeup and it was- Oh, all, really? Oh, yeah. It was all about like pantsuits and- Really? Oh, yeah. And I didn't care. I would go into boxing. Like I tried to find all these like very male-oriented sports because I needed to feel better on the outside so I could feel more masculine and, and resound that masculine energy to people around me. Because I didn't have anyone to protect me. But at the end of the day, like, you, as a feminine woman, you can protect yourself. And this whole rape culture is, and I, I'm going to go on a tangent here. Yeah, go for it. This rape culture has been, like, it's honestly such BS. Because at the end of the day, yes, there are rapists out there. And there are very bad people that do very bad things to women, including incest and molestation. But when you go out as a woman and you dress in a very skimpy way and, you know, allegedly you were drunk and you don't remember saying yes and consenting and then coming back and being like, I was raped, we're calling wolf, right? Like, it's like the girl who called wolf. We can't just like, look at the Amber, you know about the Amber Heard stuff No, going I haven't on? been watching any news at all. I just listen to Ugh. Bitcoiner stuff these days. But it's what's going on? The perfect example, I was tweeting about it last night because it's a perfect example of, oh, now that, you know, Johnny Depp may or may not have, you know, punched this girl. Johnny now, Depp? Yeah. Jack Sparrow? Oh yeah, Captain Jack Sparrow. What happened with him? Where'd the rum go? <laughs> so, okay, backstory. So Sorry, sorry, we're, 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 we're going on a tangent here. <laughs> But okay, so Johnny Depp was, his ex-wife wrote an op-ed of him, not naming him, that said that she was abused by Johnny Depp, by her husband, by her ex-husband. This is Amber Heard. And she sued him and she made $7 million off of the divorce proceedings because she allegedly had bruises on her and allegedly oh, wow. was, you know. After the fact? After the fact. Now he is suing her for defamation. 
because none of that was true. And she was actually the abuser. So now we're in this, you know, realm of, oh, but like, who do you believe, right? Who do you believe when it comes to rape culture and abuse and all this? Well, everyone played their part in a, in a problem, in a problem that happened. I'm not going to say crime. I'm going to say problem. So when you're looking at this university setting where rape culture is imminent, well, why don't you go to a university setting, go to a frat party, and see the girls that are throwing themselves on men. See the girls that are getting as drunk as possible to try to get with men. I stopped getting drunk a long time ago because if you're letting yourself get ridden by the devil, which is alcohol, which is, you know, different types of drugs, you're going to put yourself in that situation. So why not just not put yourself in that situation? Well, because you're going to be scared to like stay in your dorm room and be alone and be watching like, you know, Disney movies with your roommates. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably a much better way to spend your university career and going to a frat party and getting drunk and possibly raped. Gosh. Quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself because like, you know, everybody knows my story for the most part. Like mm -hmm. as soon as I dropped out of college, I joined a punk band and then we started playing around shows in, in Texas. And yeah. I was like part of the band. And so, and I'm not, not putting anybody down who came mm -hmm. to the shows or whatever, but you know, my... My guitarist, he had a, a girlfriend and she would bring all her friends to the show. And yeah, obviously they're going to want to talk to the rest of the band. Yeah. And like, not this is just so you plebs know, me talking <laughs> like I, we were hot shit back then. You know? like we, weren't, we, were, we were pretty damn good. Um, when, when was this punk this band in like, like in what the, year? In the 2004, 2005. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when it, it, Hot Topic was a thing. Yeah, yeah. We were all, <laughs> we were all in black. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I'm trying to get at is there were some women that would literally come there mm -hmm. to like, and then I can only speak for myself, I'm not calling anybody of my bandmates out, but that would say, oh, hey, car, that was like, and like, can I get you a drink? And it was, and she was very revealing. Sure. And I was just like, no, because I've always been like a very much like type of like one Man, a one woman man right. like I can I can't juggle no one night stands or anything I can't like do that, that. Yeah. like I literally can't it's yeah. just like it's just it's not how my mom raised me and it's just not like who I am right um but like these women would be like that and sure if I felt differently I could do whatever I wanted right. but like like you said though it takes the man to make that decision but that starts with how how you were raised like Exactly. How you were I'm taking it back to parenting. Here. It really goes back to parenting. Like <laughs> yeah. it literally goes like, how, how were you raised? Yeah. Uh, did your mom raise you correctly to be the right kind of man that doesn't mm -hmm. make those decisions? And my mom, she was actually she worked for like the AIDS Foundation. She worked for the Coastal Bend like women's shelter. Like she worked for the Nueces County District Courthouse. Nice. So she would always bring me along to her conferences or whatever she was speaking. Shout out to your mom. Yeah, my mom was like a great mom. She, she's my hero. <laughs> but like she was, she was a community organizer basically. Yeah. So she would always constantly like bring me along, bring me along, bring right. me along, just so I can see her. And then I would see people come up to her and like she would share her story. And like people would, yeah, people would love her. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is like having seen that, like constantly getting that in my head. I realized, oh. 
Like, yeah, you don't treat women like that. You don't talk exactly. to them like that. This is like, this is, but only a mother can teach that to her son. Only a mother can. Only a mother can. And so we talked about women, you know, going out into the world and being revealing, et cetera, and feminism. You know, society kind of has tricked women into being like, yeah, have sex with as many guys as you want. You, you hear that all the time. You hear that all the time. It's empowering. It sounds empowering, right? When you hear that, like, have sex with as many men as you want, have, you know, have sex with women if you want, like, you can totally, like, you know, start experimenting. You're using these words, like, experimenting and empowering. And those are really big words that sound great. But at the end of the day, they're not great because you're going to end up feeling like trash, right? So when you look at the men's size, or let's flip it back, and you look at men in Bitcoin, I never have to worry about like what I say, what I do with the men around because I've never felt so protected. You know, it's not just like, you know, we've become friends, but it's also like you guys have morals and a basis to how to live life. Right. And that's orange pilling for you 101. Right. Right. So it's thinking for yourself, thinking about the people that are in this industry that are such good people. Like, I hate that Bitcoin gets such a bad rap because, and it's because of all these cryptocurrencies. No, it, Bitcoin it, is the only way. It literally <laughs> is. Like, I used to cover the crypto industry, you know, in 2017, 2018 and all that stuff. And I would go to the parties and yeah. I would see it. They're different. They're very different. Oh, I would see some crazy. Let me just say this. I say, I drop okay. this line all the time. Joseph Lubin throws the best parties. <laughs> nice. Joseph Lubin throws the best parties. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what people want. Yeah. And if you don't know who Joseph Lubin is, he's one of the founders of Ethereum. Yep. He's he owns Consensus. Um I mean they're very fun fun parties. <laughs> but I will say though, that's why I would leave them or I wouldn't go. Right. You know, as soon as I saw what it was, I'd walk out. Like there is this guy I used to know and I won't call him out, but um he used to always see me like working cuz I would take as I didn't know about Bitcoin the correct way. So I would take like the, the crypto stuff that I was doing like really seriously. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize like what I was doing was because I was still trying to get orange. Gary had an orange pill me. But nice. one of the things there was a, a guy I used to know mm -hmm. and he's still around in, in the crypto space. I saw him at Bitcoin conference and I just, just walked right away from <laughs> no him. No way. But yeah. So this guy like. Unnamed. <laughs> yeah. I won't say who he is. Uh, this guy like would always like look at me whenever I'd be like typing away on my computer or like editing podcasts or just doing whatever write-up I was going to do because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And he would just go like, hey, Car, are you going to go to the party with us? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I got to finish this up. I got to upload it and everything. He's like, Phew. he would just do one of those. Like, mm. I was just like, yeah, I'm taking this seriously. But I didn't realize exactly. the crypto Bitcoin thing until, until I did. It's so noticeable though. Like when you go to a Bitcoin party, you're actually talking to people and you're not shouting at people to try to talk to them. You're having real conversations. You're having real conversations and they get genuine and deep like that. And then you make <laughs> friends too. Yes. It's like it removes all the… Um, it removes that kind of like foundation that you would have to build mm -hmm. uh, in the fiat world. Yes. You know you're a Bitcoiner then you can just have that conversation… And, and do those things mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about any of the consequences. It's like, oh, am I going to yeah. be safe or do it? Can I trust this person? And it's exactly. like, verify, right? Before yep. you trust them. Absolutely. But if 
your reputation is everything in Bitcoin. And you know, this is something that me and Kyle see all the time. Like, yes. if if your reputation's this in Bitcoin, then guess what? Everybody's gonna know that that's your reputation. Because word travels fast in this space. Very fast. But if your reputation is this, then everybody will know, oh, that's who that person is. And I think that's the way it should be. That's how it used to be back in the day, right? That's how it used to, like, let's take the word based, right? I've tried to explain base to so many people. <laughs> And the best way I could explain it is it's the opposite of woke. That's it. That's it. Like, I don't have to explain it further than that. But this concept of based, I didn't hear until I was part of the Bitcoin community. And you kind of like, if I know that you're based, I don't have to filter my words, right? Like if I'm going to meet someone on the street for the first time, or if I'm trying to make a friend for the first time, I can't talk about all the stuff that I just have talked about. I would yeah. get judged and I would not be friends with that person. You know, that's that's interesting you say that. Even, and this is where like I learned this from hanging out with like, you know, the legends over there. They hate being called that. Like Parker <laughs> and Marty and Justin yeah. and all those guys. But we can, as Bitcoiners, we can have like a full on like spectrum of different ideas and how we feel about this, yes. this and this. But the core values are still there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about Bitcoin is you can have a discussion and get into a shouting match where you disagree with a fellow Bitcoiner. Right. But at the end of the day, you're still on the same team. Right. And neither person, at least in real life, shouldn't get <laughs> shouldn't get hurt. Right. In or, actuality. But, <laughs> in actu they shouldn't get hurt about it. It's just be like me and Kyle have gotten to so many like just at Pub Lab, yeah. there's been so many like arguments like amongst us Bitcoiners where we just disagree on like just like some idea or whatever we think, mm -hmm. you know, and then we'll say it. And then it literally gets to a point where like there's been one time where it's, it's all me. It's always me. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll, Sometimes I'll just stand on a hill and just like refuse to get off. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We'd be like at snooze or something and we all be talking about Bitcoin and there'll be like eight Bitcoiners there and I'd be the only one that would like disagree with everybody. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, no, Carl, you're wrong. I'm like, no, I'm right. And then I would literally get into a shouting match with Kyle or whoever they were arguing with. Yeah. And then like, they're like, well, I'm not walking back with you to the, to the, to the oh, office. Oh man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. And then, so then it becomes a thing where like, by the time we get back to the office, we meet each other at the elevator and we're like, hey, what's up? Okay. And it's just, we're over it. Yeah. Because like at the be. end of the day, it's like, we're 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 uh you're allowed to have an opinion in bitcoin Absolutely. and it could be wrong but you're gonna you're gonna pick a side and then right. you can learn from it and come back like there's yeah well it's the notion of thinking right so i loved i loved jordan peterson so much i've i think he's changed my life changed many people's lives but he always talks about that that we have a crisis of thinking right now no one yeah, wants to think. That. What is that? I haven't heard that yet. So no one wants to think for themselves right now, right? No one wants to take the time to sit at home and be like, what do I feel or think about, you know, the Roe versus Wade thing that's going on right now? What do I think? Because we tend to just look at social media or look at the news, which is horrible, and just tend to agree with whatever's going on because we're pretty lazy human beings. We don't, right. we don't want to do the research. You know, we don't want to do like, okay, let's, let me look into, you know, let me read Roe versus Wade. Let me actually read the don't say gay bill because it's like, you know, what's easier just going on Instagram or Twitter and whatever people that I like are saying about 
you know, the don't say gay or the Roe versus Wade bill. I'll just agree with that. That's the crisis that we're having. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that too. I'm I'm guilty of everyone like, is guilty. I'm guilty of, of like you know just listening to certain Bitcoiners when they sure they usually align with my interest for yeah. the most part on almost all the things. Maybe there's like a couple things they I don't align with. Yeah, them. but usually if they've already done the homework and I'm like cool, yeah, I don't have the time to do it. But there's another thing to be said about not speaking on a subject you don't know anything about, right? Absolutely. So like for me, I would never speak on Roe versus Wade because I have no idea what's going on, right? Nor do I even have the expertise to understand the, you sure. know, the intricacies of how all that plays yeah. out or whatever this means? I just listen. But I, and it's mostly the normies, I would say, that are people that just, why are you in the Capitol fighting about Roe versus Wade being overturned when nothing has happened? Like nothing has happened. It was a leak in the Supreme Court that maybe Roe versus Wade might be overturned. But because you know, one person decided to say, we have to fight for abortion rights. Now we're all going to go to the Capitol and, you know, protest about this. Why don't you actually read what's going on? Why don't we wait until things actually happen instead of these like random protests on the street? Who has time for that too? Yeah. I also <laughs> think that just like the fiat culture in general is always just like super high time preference. Like oh, it's just, yeah. it's fiat everything these days. And I see it in oh, everything. Yeah. I see it when I walk through a door. I see it like when I look at a window. I see all the imperfections in like this window here. And I'm like, why was this decision made? Mm. Why did they use this thing? Like, where is the actual like care and right. love and thoughts and like giving a crap about like yeah. making this structure and this window be as beautiful as you can make it be? Absolutely. And like, that's a thing that just drives me nuts. And that's that's just one example. Right. It's not like all the other examples that we see out there. It's just a fiat world that we're in. And these are fiat times. The fiat dark ages is what I've been seeing it's on Twitter. It's definitely the fiat dark ages, for sure. It almost feels like a world war happening. And we're like part of the rebellion and trying to like form a revolution when we're doing it in a very peaceful way. Because we're doing it with thought. And we're doing it with, you know, written words. But we're not fighting anybody, right? Like if some lib comes up to me and says, well, you're pro-life and all this stuff and you know, this is a horrible way of thinking. Well, it's my way of thinking and that's only going to matter for me and my immediate family and God. It should not matter for you <laughs> at all. Right. <laughs> like at all. That's such a great point. And all these libs trying to, you know, they're trying to brainwash these individuals, even Catholics, you know, look at Pope Francis. Right. Look what's happening with Pope Francis. And, you know, of course he wants to be a very popular Pope. And that's, I I love that. It's totally fine. But at the end of the day, like Pope Francis should be doing what's best for the Catholic community, not for the population that are non-Catholics, Right. That's what bothers me right now. It's like we're trying to make everyone happy and there's there's nothing is going to make everyone happy, right? Everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has their own thought process. But the way that the government does things and the way that our world leaders do things is never going to make everyone happy. Absolutely. I, I, I always do this thing now where like, and I wasn't always this way, um, but you know, I've come to a, a point in my life where I see like 
just be an example for people mm-hmm. is all you really need to do. Absolutely. And, and praying for people to get there mm-hmm. and having a lower time preference for them getting there. I think now, I think, I think you are right. I think we are in this like silent war of mm. sorts. Yeah. I'm no longer, there's a lot of, this is going to be like a really spicy take right here. Okay. You ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> and um, this is where I think me and Kyle just agree. Okay. hundred percent on. Um, but even more now, I'm no longer tired. I'm, I'm no longer tired. I'm no longer going to hide in the shadows, mm. you know, be be private as a Bitcoiner. I'm going to, I'm going to be out there in the light and show the goodness that we're doing in the space. Yeah. And I'm no longer about like, oh, I need to hide this. I need hide. like, I, I feel right now, this is the time where there needs to be more and more people standing up yes. and, and speaking, speaking to this and also not being afraid of what's coming right. for you doing that. I really believe that we need to show that there's a, 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 a silent majority. The, the silent majority needs to start standing up and we need to start like actually like being out there in the limelight mm-hmm. and showing how much fun we're having. Because yes. as Bitcoiners, I have the best life. We have the best life. The best life. Yeah. But that's all we need to do is, is we just need to live our life as passionately as possible. I, I'm never going to try to embed my life into someone else's life. Well, you have to you have to believe in Bitcoin and you want to buy, as much as I want people to buy Bitcoin and use Bitcoin, you know, the only way that we can do that is by setting an example, like you said. That's the only way. Yeah, I also think too, like the more and more I think about this idea, and I've only come to this idea in the past like three weeks. Um, and I've thought about it for a long time, and then I've prayed on it, mm-hmm. and now I just it's the way. I'm no longer going to be one of those people that um doesn't want to give up his you know his name or or oh is that car stepping out of like you know oh my god he's he's saying or doing something that's going to be public and then that could get him in trouble or or an abc of a sort kind of company could come and get him and like you know what i i want to live my life and i have god on my side absolutely and i i really believe that god has put us here on this earth bitcoin Mm -hmm. wife to yeah. actually like be the signal for the people that are in dark places right now. Yes. Because there's people out there that are in dark places that need this light and they need to move towards it. And right. this is the only way. This is why I think it's so important what we're doing here in Austin is we're being the example for a lot of other cities. You guys are. Absolutely. No, no, not, not, not you guys. It's everybody. <laughs> yes. Everybody is being an example for other cities. And that's great. That's why when I hear great things happening in Nashville, great things happening yeah. in Huntsville, great things happening in San Diego, great things happening even in Harlem, I saw great wow. things happening like all over the place. And even even on the other side of the world, we need to see these. There, I look at it like a black cloud right now around the earth. Yeah. And every time I see a Bitcoin meetup come up, it's like a little bit of like a, like a laser pointer of light. Yes. Just pointing up to the sky to release those those to get to break up those black cloud. And the more and more we keep doing that, eventually what happens is that whole black cloud just gets removed. And that's how you win. I love you, that imagery. You win. That's great. You win together. You don't win by one person doing everything. And right. I personally believe that this is the way we need to start showing. Like yesterday, we had the Austin Bitcoin Club mm-hmm. stream. And 
getting DMs like, oh, why did you do that? The privacy, blah, blah. I'm tired of hiding, <laughs> hiding in the light, brother. Exactly. You know, like, I'm, I mean, not in the light. I'm tired of hiding in the darkness. Like, why do we have to be ashamed of being a Bitcoiner? Right. Like, so they, so yeah, they're going to come get me. They're going to come steal my Bitcoin. I have God on my side. Absolutely. And like, a good hard wallet. Right. But like at the <laughs> other day, it's like, you know how many people they, they took in out during the whole kind of like Christianity movement when that was taken off? Yeah. People were beheaded. People were hung on crosses. Yeah. Right. Like everyone it, talks about, you know, like genocides going on. You know, we're we're hap- we're going through a genocide right now. And it's exactly what's going on. So why aren't we talking about that genocide? Like, <laughs> like and honestly, like I, I pray every day and I hope that doesn't mm-hmm. happen where they come after us. But now I think at a certain point you have to realize they are going to come after us. So what are you going to do? You're going to just like stay quiet and not do anything about it? Or are you going to fight back? And I don't mean fighting back physically. I mean fighting back with information. With being the example for your community. With showing them that we're good people. And we're not going to be like taken advantage of and just like run through the mill and be quiet about it. I'm through being quiet. Well, no one tends to listen these days, Car. Like if you really think about it, people that are on the left tend to think, okay, this is my way or the highway. So when people like us, you know, orange pills, base people, no one wants to actually listen. So it takes, you know, small amounts of people to actually get that conversation going. Do you know, um, oh my God, Bill, Bill Mayer? Uh, I think I've heard of him before. He's a leftist comedian, super left, like HBO comedy left, super fiat. He was on a Joe's on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day. And he was like, I'm still liberal. But the problem is that no one else has common sense. And I have common sense because so people are the, the problem that's going on right now with Bill Mayer is people are from the fiat life and normies are thinking that he is now conservative. But in reality, he's like, no, I'm still a liberal. I just am thinking for myself. And my take on things, you know, might not be what the liberals think right now, but it's because no one wants to listen to the right either. So he's kind of, so we we need people like that to kind of come out of the woodwork and be like, no, I want to listen. Like, talk, talk to me, talk to me. I want to listen. But it's just some people right now just don't want to. I don't know why. I don't know why when we voted Biden for president, it became this like, you know, I only can be on this side or I can only be on that side, but I can't be both. You know, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot, a lot about, um, about these labels that they put on us. Um, and I've gotten to a place now where I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the point of it Yeah. at this, at this, at this, where we're at in history. Like if we are in these fiat dark ages, like we need to bring over as many people as we can into the light. Yeah. So I I literally see it as light and darkness now. Like that's how I see everything now. Just light, darkness. People are in the darkness. Some people are in the light. Some people are in between. Some people are making their way to the light. And I, I want to say that whenever I meet somebody that's in the darkness, Mm -hmm. I make an even stronger effort to go on my way to show them what the light could be for them. Right. Now, whatever that is, however you do that, but 
I think a lot of what's going on on the uh, on the mainstream programming is about separating people into these different kind of like mm-hmm. buckets. Yeah. And I think when you really just look down to like the root cause of it all, darkness and light. Absolutely. And that's just what are I do. Are you meeting a lot of people that are in the darkness? I think the place we're at right now, yeah. um, there's, you could say, has a lot of that here. Now, there are some wonderful people in that darkness sure. that you could bring over. And yeah. once you start showing them the light, they uh, they see it for what it is. And hopefully by the, because this is where I love Mr. Atwood. He mm-hmm. tells me about this a lot. This is where I learned from Michael is that car sometimes it takes a couple you know a couple touches is what he says just a couple touches maybe like on the fourth or fifth sixth yeah. seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh twelve thirteen fourteen <laughs> fifteen sixteen twenty one touch yeah they finally get it and then they move over but it it takes multiple touches so that's how I look at it now yeah. so whenever I meet somebody that's in the darkness mm-hmm. or in this kind of transition to the light um I I make an effort to bring them over. And the only reason I do that for is mm-hmm. because Gary did that for me. I yeah. would say I was in the darkness, you know, when I was in the crypto industry. And Gary would come over, shine a little light. And then by the fourth or fifth touch, it finally worked. And then Jimmy does this too with his right. books. Like, thank God for Bitcoin. Like with Jimmy's book, that changed my life. Yeah. So that was like a big beam of light that came. So it takes multiple touches of light to get to, to, get to you before you finally see the light and then go down that path. So I think we can win. We just got to remember that multiple touches of light. But, okay. So my thought process here right now is why, why the listening part for me is very hard. Does that make sense? Like, for example, I'm scared. Like I am scared of standing up to people like the way that you are going to and the way that you have been. How do you mean? I don't think I've stand up to anybody. I think you're you're preaching in a very beautiful way. And I think, you know, when it comes to someone that has a fiat job, it's very hard because you can almost lose your job now if you believe in things that are not part of the company policy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really messing us with us now because you can have a fiat job. Absolutely. But they almost silence you in a way. Right. So, you know, I can't talk to my coworkers about religion or sexuality or the way that I I'm a very pro-life advocate. I believe we're in a genocide right now of abortion. Over 67 million abortions have happened it's it's literally Children of Men. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh yeah, Children of Men. It's great. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. But yeah. if you're if you're a Bitcoiner listening, go watch that movie, Children of Men. It's playing out in real time. Yeah, it is playing out in real time, and that's what's scary because those dark ages, it's almost hard to see the light when you're part of a company that is giving you your money, that is providing for your family because that is your job. When you're going to a church sometimes that doesn't believe in the things that you believe, but you still got to go to church, you know, and I, I think because of, you know, this pandemic that just happened that I really hate talking about, it's almost been the most divisive thing that's ever happened to us because it's shut a lot of people up a lot. 
Yeah, I, I think this is where I, I've learned this a lot just from um, a lot of Bitcoiners is like when it comes to words, I'm really careful these days. We were just talking about it before the pod. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't think um, of the word of the word before they um, mm-hmm. say something. And I think that or I shouldn't say I think, I know that words are meaningful and words matter. Mm-hmm. And if you say them with intention, right? I think that's the way that I feel I can best describe things if yes. I take my time because I'm really slow. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm very impulsive. Right. But so, it, it's just practicing that. It is practice. And, you know, let's, uh, let's, I want to dive into the Roe versus Wade. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I want to leave some time for that. But just to finish this off, and it'll tie right into what we're about to talk about. Okay. It's taking a breath in life. Just like taking one breath before you say something that might change the way that you talk. You know, it is. It's the best advice I've ever gotten. And this it's is, not my advice. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting because this is where I got away from like cursing. I used to be the worst cursor in the world mm-hmm. um ask the people that listen to this podcast they remember there would be yeah. a, a car who would just like multiple yeah you know curse words in one single sentence mm-hmm. and um it's buffer words yeah that's because, what, exactly what it is because you're not really you don't really mean like the f word or the s word or whatever you're just using it as buffer just like people use um or like it's almost the same. So speech therapists say that a lot. There was a great speech therapist on Joe Rogan's podcast. I really forgot the name. Um, but she was talking about that. She said, you know, the cursing is just your brain reacting to things because you haven't thought about what you're going to say next. That's what cursing really is. So. No, you're right. And these days, I, since I'm slow, mm-hmm. I really take my time to say things. But. It also annoys the crap out of people because <laughs> now they're like, are you ignoring me? I'm like, I'm thinking about what I'm about to say. I love that. I love that. There need to be more people in the world like that. Yeah. I'm like, because the, the initial response I want to give is like a uh, a response out of like emotion. But right. I don't want to do that because sometimes our emotions are incorrect. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is like give the response that is needed. That, 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 right. That, that, um, for that, for that situation. Right. Um, so that's what I, that's what I try to do these days. I feel now let's jump into the Roe versus Wade. Cause yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about it before, but for some context, uh, and I, I did my research beforehand just to make sure. So Roe, my wife has done her research. I have done my research. I am not a fact checker. I am a fact checker. <laughs> so Roe versus Wade happened in the 1970s and it, essentially legalized abortions in all of the United States. And then did you say the 1970s? Yes. That's a weird coincidence. Oh yeah, 1971. It wasn't <laughs> 1971 though. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Keep Every going. Time someone you, brings- you got me there. You got me there. That's so, weird how a lot of things like that had started in the 70s. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the hippie movement. That's why. So Roe versus Wade um, started in the 1970s. It essentially became the the genesis of Planned Parenthood. And what a lovely word that is, right? Planned parenthood. If you actually think about it, it's like, it's such a terrible term. Anyway, 
So once that happened, it essentially legalized and funded abortions to happen from a government standpoint. So abortions now have been legal for a very long time, but they have also been subsidized by the government. Now that Roe versus Wade is hopefully going to be overturned, it just means that the government is not going to subsidize abortions anymore. Wow. Because I know growing up poor, Mm -hmm. there was abortion clinics like in every corner. Right. Or in every poor neighborhood. Right. Um, So that's weird. Yeah. That's the government. So the what's going on now with the far left is, well, we still need to give women the right to have an abortion. Fine. Cool. Sure. But why does the government need to be involved? So the way that I explain it to people is abortion is like Botox. Botox is 100% elective, right? So if a woman wants to get Botox on her face, she goes in because she wants to, right? Or, you know, her face is too droopy. So she just wants to like not have, you know, make sure that her face looks nice and perky. But the government has never subsidized abortion. I'm sorry, has never subsidized Botox. So now I see the same thing with abortion. When a woman goes in for an abortion, it's 100% elective. You got pregnant and now you decided that you don't want that baby. So you're going to go to an abortion clinic to take care of making sure that you don't have that baby inside of you anymore. Why does the government need to be involved if it's completely elective? No, I, th- I think you're onto something here because if you do look at where all these Planned Parenthood places are at. Right. They're all in the poor neighborhoods. Right. And who typically lives in the poor neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Then you also make the connection to like, okay, so they're getting these abortions. That's fine and dandy, right? Fine. But what happens to that abortion afterwards? Right. Where does that life go? Exactly. And that life goes straight to the government where they do stem cell research and they use fetuses to, for research purposes. Isn't that sad? That's very sad <laughs> that you're turning something that's supposed to be a life, mm-hmm. a human life. Because like humans aren't bad. We're not there's, bad. There's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing wrong with like more humans consuming the earth resources. I was having this talk with, I don't know who it was the other day. We were literally talking about how if you take away the fiat standard that we're in right, and you implement the Bitcoin standard, you would see these like quote unquote uh, metrics and these, the charts or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. We're probably the most productive we've ever been in our entire human Absolutely. history. But if you look at last month's GDP, it fell. Right. And it's like we're producing more things than we've ever produced in the entire in our entire like human existence. Right. And you're telling me that we're in a recession. No one wants to work. As the great Kim Kardashian said, in, in, have you heard that interview? No. She's gotten so much backlash because she said it just seems like these days no one wants to work. She should meet a Bitcoiner. I have five jobs. She 100 <laughs> percent. Right. Like it's not that no one wants to work. Everybody is overworked these days. But the problem is, is you have these quote unquote people who are parasitic. 
They consume a lot more resources and they have a lot more people working for them. Right. So what happens when you have a scale where one person is taking up way too much while the other, you know, few people aren't on that scale? What what that looks like is, is a bunch of parasites. Absolutely. Eating up the boat, like Bezos, for example. There you go. The guy flies private jets everywhere. Right. Lower, like he should lower his carbon footprint. Yeah, I I, I like really don't Oprah. understand that. Yeah. Like we can go down the list. We right? can. The Clintons. We and can. I'm not picking on any of them. Trump. We can go to all of them. Absolutely. They all consume so much and they all exactly. have a lot of quote unquote fiat slaves mm-hmm. working for them. Yeah. So why is that? It's because this fiat standard that we're in is not a level playing field. Right. Can we play on a level playing field <laughs> at least? And then everybody has a, a, a then you just let kind of, uh, you just kind of let it play out and see what happens on a Bitcoin standard. I guarantee you. Absolutely. The most talented, the most Hardest working, mm-hmm. the most people that bring the the greatest amount of impact for themselves and for the people around them mm-hmm. will succeed faster. One hundred percent. And it doesn't happen under a fiat standard. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, because number one, if you look at the economics of it, actually, let's go back to the university setting problem. University settings, we promise these children that they can do anything they want, right? And I'm a firm believer in the liberal arts. I love music. I love theater. I think it's very important for society. But not everyone's going to make it in the liberal arts lifestyle. Now you have these majors in universities, gender studies. What the hell does that mean? You know, you have these majors that are pretty much nothing. So what kind of basis is that going to give you for when you actually want to have a career, right? So let's take men, for example. Men usually go into like a business major or an economics major type setting, or they go into medicine in the science field. You know, I'm generalizing here. Cool. Not everyone's going to be a doctor. Not everyone's going to be a lawyer and not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. So what happened to the trade school aspect of it, right? There are supposed to be plumbers in the world. There are supposed to be people that are helping us around the house. Like when you look at the trade school setting, so many people, the admission rates are so low because no one wants to just be a plumber. There's nothing wrong with just being a plumber. That's actually a beautiful career where you help people and you help people make their homes a better place. But, oh, I don't want to be a plumber. No one wants to be a cop anymore, right? Because of the whole BLM movement. But we still need cops in the world. It's just everyone's decided that they want to be a celebrity or they want to be on social media or they decide they're going to be a doctor, lawyer, or an entrepreneur. As much as I love that, right? As a capitalist, I think that's so important. But we can't, we, we have to stop promising people that everyone's going to make it. Do you think that's out there in the fiat culture? Yes. I think it's better in Bitcoin because it's like this desert that we haven't been able to 
colonize yet. So we do need a lot of people in the Bitcoin industry to help us colonize and make a citadel and create this whole Bitcoin world that hasn't been done before, right? So I hear applications and technology coming out in Bitcoin space where I'm like, huh, I wish I would have thought of that. That is so smart, right? Where in the fiat world, it's, oh, we're just going to, what is it, make another social media or another dating app? It's done. Like, come, come here, come to the side. <laughs> no, you're right. I think there there needs to be more of like to me. It just this is probably where I'll get in trouble, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're an entrepreneur and you're building in the fiat world, I think you're wasting your time. I think so too. I, I think you should be. I think you should be building on in in the Bitcoin world. Uh, and I love my fiat entrepreneurs. I think they're the greatest people. Uh, walking on this planet when it comes to business and all that stuff and how to get it started. But I do know that you're going to end up in the Bitcoin side eventually. So you might as well get started on it now. Might as well. Even if you're not, if you're doing fiat and you're comfortable doing that, you should start Mm -hmm. accepting Bitcoin. Because the sooner you start learning about it, the sooner you start integrating into your business, it's going to be an easier transition for you. Mm -hmm. And then, sure, keep keep it on your books too. Sure. Because at the end of the day, like I think only the the Bitcoin companies survive. I think so right. too. And there's so much opportunity in this space too. So if you do want to learn and and the good thing about Bitcoin is that everyone's willing to teach. In the fiat world, no one's willing to teach because everyone's selfish because there's so much competition that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared of giving up, you know, my idea. You know what? You're right about that. Yeah. And the in the fiat world, the only saving grace for me was meeting like fellow Christians. Right. And then you would find out they're Christian. You're like, oh, that's why they're helping me. Like, like some right. of the, like when I was in doing crypto and stuff, and then I would meet some Christians and be like, oh, that's why they're helping because they're Christian. It, it, what they exactly. were, they had a different foundation than other people in the fiat world. And uh, I think now you see that in the Bitcoin world where, you know, whether you're Christian or not, our, our, in, our incentives align. So you're going to help. You're going to help. You have to because at the end of the day, like… If you don't help, then you can't survive. Because you need your tribe. Like you need people. And we're going back to like the tribal aspect of things. But that's the only way we're going to survive. And all boats rise. Absolutely. All boats rise. So, you know, bringing it back to abortion, people are claiming that abortion is a good thing because we're overpopulated. We're not overpopulated. This world is not overpopulated. You see that a lot. No, it's because you have like maybe like 200, 100 people consuming way more resources. <laughs> if there is that, let's just Correct. say if there is that. Let's just say hypothetically there is, right. you know, too many people. Going, no, I think there's just too many, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. sucking up all the resources. Correct. Yeah. And we're playing on a fiat standard. And yeah. so when you play on a fiat standard, you you do ridiculous printing and you give them to your favorite central bankers across the world. Exactly. And those favorite central bankers give it to their favorite people yeah. around the world. Look at the distribution of assets in the fiat world. Like if you look at the distribution of assets, sure, most of it goes to the top. But then when someone's actually working their tail off and they have to, you know, bump up their prices because of inflation, because we're printing more money, why don't they accept Bitcoin? They should. They should. Because then that plays them into an even playing field. 
right? Because if you're accepting, so shout out to ZapRite because (laughs) if you want to, you know, accept payments, you know, as a plumber, as a housekeeper, as someone giving piano lessons, accept Bitcoin and you can use ZapRite. Um, But there's there's enough, there's enough to go around if we're given an even playing field, right? So talking about, you know, Donald Trump and private jets and, you know, these people that are using them. Met Gala just happened. Do you know what Met Gala is? Uh, I remember seeing Carmen's like picture of him in an address that said, eat the pigs or something. That, yeah. What was that? She she said like uh, tax the rich. Is that what you're talking about? No, I was talking about Ben Carmen. He had like his oh, photo. Ben Carmen. <laughs> he had like a photo yes. of him, like in a dress or something. Okay, so he. I thought it said eat the pigs or something. Yeah, I thought so he was just like making that, a joke. So from that, so that came from um, AOC. Oh, really? Going to Met Gala and wearing a dress that said tax the rich. Oh my gosh. You don't remember? Okay. So I know the dress. Yes. I saw it around like other people's faces on it. It was just the, the only one I remember is Ben's because like Ben's always hilarious. And he got it from AOC. But okay. That, that to me was like, that is the most ironic thing I've ever seen in mainstream media. Explain that. Why? <laughs> because these people pay. So these celebrities pay, I think it's $40,000 to enter into the Met Gala, like to just go to this event. But so you're telling me that we should tax the rich, but you just paid $40,000 to enter in. Like, what are we? You're there because you're a celebrity and you're there and you're putting on a dress that says tax the rich when you're rich yourself. So what what are you, what are you saying? Like, yeah, what are you saying, girl? I, I don't. You know, I, I don't know any more like. I don't know any more about that 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 fiat world like anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's why I really don't even pay attention to it. And I'm not trying to be this cool guy saying I don't pay yeah. attention to the mainstream media. Um, sometimes I'm forced to pay attention to it because I walk into the lobby down here at 701 Brazos yeah. and there's like red CNN playing. And I literally look down walking on my way in. Because you just don't want. I don't want to see any of this. Associate. I don't care. The only thing I care about is what's going on in my city and how do I save it from inflation and from this fiat standard. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I care about. Yeah. If I can do that and then be a service to Bitcoiners in the process, then I'm doing my job. Right. Right? Like that's, I just see it that cut and dry. And then if I can bring like more people to the light, then mm-hmm. I'm going to do that too. But I just see it very simple. Like I just keep it simple. Keep like, it what's simple. Because that, that thing, keep it simple, stupid. That's me. <laughs> like car is very slow, but car realizes like there's just, these four good things that he should be focused on. And as long as I'm doing that and I don't stray away from that, I'll be fine. You should say the four things. The four things? Yeah. Being of service to Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. Right? Bringing more people into the light. Yes. Saving your city, whether you're in, you know, any town USA, saving it, getting yep. and doing those things. And the fourth thing is like being, having fun because you're a Bitcoiner. Right. And you should have fun. We are blessed. You know how, this is where I think we don't say this a lot in the Bitcoin space. Mm-hmm. We're so blessed, man. Yeah. The fact that that we have this, I'm going to call it this invention yes. that is Bitcoin, right? 
the fact that we have that and we were one of the first ones, because we're still early, one of the first mm-hmm. ones to actually get it, understand it, and then right. it, it fundamentally changes us from the because it's changed me over the course of these so many years. Absolutely. But I will say though, like we need also need to express like how that's a blessing. It's a, such a blessing that Bitcoin found me or I found Bitcoin or however that works. Mm-hmm. But also like show others that it could be a blessing for their lives yeah. and it can make them better humans. Right. And I think showing that you're having fun and you're doing these fun things, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, so I was talking to somebody about a few months ago and this is probably where this idea came from, but there's like the prohibition era. Right. And during that time, like, you know, they would uh, try to regulate the amount of alcohol that was being distributed and, all the lockdowns with that, that came with that. And so the people that disobeyed those laws and kept drinking and kept having a good time and well, guess what happened? Like the people just slowly stopped following the rules and then that's right. how it changed. I'm not saying go out there and drink because I don't I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking for Lent and I haven't picked it up anymore. Good. But I will say though that like have fun. Yeah. Have more fun in front of your fiat friends than your fiat friends are having fun in their fiat world. Exactly. Because and do it sober. <laughs> do it sober. And people will look at you and be like, I'm sorry, what are you on? And you're like, I'm stone cold sober. So I'm this just having is fun. This just my Bitcoin or life. Yeah. So I have this iPod that I've been carrying around. Yeah. And everybody's commented on it. Like it's some like amazing thing. And I'm just like, you know what? Like I'm just listening to music. I'm I'm having I'm being in the moment in the present with right. that music because I love music. Obviously, people know that. Yeah. But I want to go back to the basics of like listening to an album, putting on a record, what mm-hmm. I do, or listening to just music on itself and not looking at my phone, right. not focusing on that. Like the iPod was an amazing invention. It literally feels like so good. It's so good. You know. And it what are you listening to right now? So yeah. I started listening to the National. Um, Love. There's this. I think it's called. Is it called the Boxer? I don't know what it's called. Do you tend to like get obsessed with like one song for like weeks at a time? So yeah, I do. So oh, me too. I'll probably end the song <laughs> with like a National song. Okay, cool. Because you'll pick one, and then I'll pick one. Oh yeah, I love it. Um, but there's this. It's just like yeah, I'll, I'll listen to like an album a week or I'll listen to like one song on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that'll, that'll be what it's, that's, that'll be what it is. But I, I feel that I fall in love more with music when I have just a device that just does that. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't need to, you don't need distractions. You right. need to get back to not having distractions. Mm-hmm. That's putting your family first. It's putting your, your, putting God first. That's putting your friends first. It's putting all these things. Right. Yeah. Oh, God first. And having, having attention. <laughs> I think is big. Attention. That's a big thing too. You know, like if I go to, let's say like a wedding, right? Like I have fun at a wedding, et cetera. What are you actually doing? Like most of the time, you're probably just judging what's going on around you. Like, oh, these flowers suck. Like, or whatever. Like, well, what about like talking to people in front of you that you didn't seem to have a connection with before, right? I think I'm a firm believer that any wedding, any couple that's planning a wedding should randomize their tables and have their family sitting with their friends and yeah. their like the bride's friends sitting with the groom's friends. 
because that's we lose the human connection now and like i mean the a wedding is like a most archaic way of doing things but it's a beautiful thing and it's very tribal right like you're inviting yeah. your friends and family but from both should, sides they should get along and sometimes 100%. you find out like friends of friends know each other and you're like yeah oh, and like, then yeah. it becomes just like and then it becomes a party right right when you do like this whole like tailoring to make sure everyone's happy that's not how we should live life and that's not how life you know happens either you don't tailor your life to make it the way that you want life's gonna happen regardless of the way that you tailor it but that's the fun part of it right it's it's like coming up with new ways of living your life and if you thought that you were gonna go down this path well god's gonna be like what don't worry i'm gonna gear you this way and i'm a firm believer when someone says like like bad stuff happens to them i'm a firm believer that god gives you challenges because he knows that you can overcome them right i think i told you this a while ago and i'm i'm gonna stick to that <laughs> i think you're right I've, I've gone through some challenges as of late and um they feel like huge mountains you have to climb right but when you when you climb up the mountain slowly and then you look back down mm -hmm. and then you realize yeah it's probably good that somebody didn't give you keys to the elevator to just take up it like it's better yeah. that you went through it because now you're stronger for it and now you can and if you're closer to god you don't go up the mountain naked that is true <laughs> you don't he actually gives you the good boots he gives you the canada goose like big parka every every day you just ask him for what you need and yeah it'll it'll show up he'll give you the equipment he will yeah. that's the most surprising thing about like getting back into um christianity and really committed to it is the little miracles that happen every day. Mm. I don't think people talk about that. I think they call it the Holy Spirit. Is that what they call it? Yeah. So how do you pray at night? Or tell me about the way that you pray. Every morning. It's my. It's yeah. part of my routine. What do you do? Like, do you say a prayer that's memorized? Do you talk? No, I usually, I usually like, will pray about certain people in my mm -hmm. life. I'll pray for my friends. I'll pray for my family. There's certain people's, you know, I, I said that I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll put them a part of that. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nate. <laughs> I'm praying for you, brother. Because <laughs> I want to keep him safe. But I um, pray every day for him. Um, and his fiance. But I will say that um, I do pray with intention mm -hmm. where I'm having a conversation with God. Right. And that's what I do. Like I don't, um, I don't just like go through the motions. I really make an effort to like sit down, focus. I have this mm -hmm. prayer prayer shawl that I wear now. It's awesome. It feels I love so that. It feels so comforting. It's very Jewish of you, no? No, they gave it to me. They gave it to yeah, you. Yeah, they gave I want me a prayer shawl. You should get one. I can get you one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out how to get how to get it ordered. But um, yeah, I put it on and it just feels so comfortable. It feels like just. Big old like comfort of like Jesus or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's nicely weighted too. Anyway, so <laughs> like I'm thinking of my prayer. I want to put it on. I should just start taking it everywhere with me. Anyway, Absolutely. So I put that on. Then I start I start praying. Like I start praying to God and yeah. I start like doing my thing. And um I enjoy it because I talk to him about my problems or I talk to him about the things I'm going on in my life. And 
he answers them or he doesn't. Mm. And then and then I read like I have this um this daily scripture that I read. Yeah. Then I also have this thing called like I think it's called Moments. It's a blue book, I think it's called. I need to need to uh go back to it. Um but I read like a chapter a day, which is like a page. Oh, that's perfect. And then there's another thing that I have too, but it's if I get to that third one, I'll read that too. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I got to get to the office. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, it's that routine. But yeah. for a fact, I will pray and read every day. Um, and that's how I've been doing it. And then just been going to confession every week. It's I feel like that's the most rewarding experience. That's great. Is that... Um, like having Super here, where me and Super would just walk down the street and go, and go pray, yeah, and go confess, and then we come back, and then it makes it makes all the darkness in the world just go away. Absolutely. Do you pray the Rosary? No, I need to start doing that. Maybe you can show me. Oh yeah, I'll show okay. you how. You that's that's that. one thing. You know, if this this topic was a lot about feminism, um, the Virgin Marys. Actually, I do have you a do. Card. I have a card, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give we'll, you a rosary. Okay, though. cool, cool. I'll give it to you so you can physically use it. Also, too, for everybody listening, yes, I'm still learning all this stuff. I'm still new. I was Catholic when I was a kid, but I don't remember a mm -hmm. lot of things. And then being a punk band, all that stuff. It's just like <laughs> it's you know, okay. You're coming back to I'm it. I'm coming back to it, and yeah. I'm gonna learn all these things. So yeah, thank you for that. But the rosary is amazing, and if if any woman needs to turn to someone, turn to the Virgin Mary. She was such a good and she is such a good influence on women and Mary Magdalene is actually a very good influence on women as well uh, she gets a bad rap uh, especially in the Bible but Mary Magdalene is a beautiful person you know who Mary Magdalene is no yeah I know this story yeah yeah well if you read a to, to the women out there if you read more about Mary Magdalene you'll be very surprised of how much she actually helped Jesus in his life 100 percent yeah yeah it's one of the greatest things I like about, um, uh, is it Catholicism? Catholicism, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to make sure I say that word right. I'm such a <laughs> Catholicism. I'm, I'm so slow. But one of the things I love about Catholicism, right? Okay. Um, is is that aspect. Yeah. Um, the, the woman aspect to it all. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more intentional. There also just the beauty and the art that comes from that. I I I I feel these days that when I look at the, you know, the amazing art that was made at that time mm -hmm. um, to describe Jesus and all that stuff and what was going on. Yeah. I look at that and I I can only see I see a hand that was could only be only only a person of of this like Christian, like soul and, and body that they kind of just is over them. Mm. I don't know the right words to describe it, but holy. I, maybe it's holy. Maybe that's what it is. But it's like, I feel like when those, when those painters were, were making them, I feel like I just see. I I don't. I don't I haven't looked this up, but it just feels like to me that they had some kind of like. Because I look at something like that, like uh, is it the Sistine? The Sistine Chapel. Chapel. Yeah. And I look at something like that, and I haven't been there. I want to go. That's like on my list <gasps> of things should. to do in, in a year, hopefully sooner. Is like I want to, 
I can just imagine because I used to paint mm-hmm. a ladder. Like, I'm not sure how they even did it. So I haven't done my research. But Michelangelo you, painted the Sixteen Chapel. Okay, great. And yes, he was did it on his back. So that's kind of thing I was going to say. Yeah. The amount of like effort and the amount yeah. of, of, of just like pure strength. You could only do that with mm-hmm. God. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think. Well, it was a miracle. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you can create something that that beautiful without mm-hmm. having God on, on your hand and like on your head and like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, because to look at something like that and then be in awe, mm-hmm. but also to like, for me, I know because I paint, used to paint. I can see the detail, the detail in yeah. that. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, how did they do that? Or okay. That, and I know you're. You have some family that does paint too as well. Yes. So I know for a fact, like you understand that too as well. Oh, yeah. Like to me, that just looks like God flow. A hundred percent. It's just like you're in this God flow mode and you're creating some of the beautiful, beautifulest things that will ever exist in the mm-hmm. world. And I think you can you can only reach that pin- pinnacle of creative artistry when you have that, that God mm-hmm. flow. But unless you get that God flow. I don't know if you can create something beautiful like that. Right. I remember God uses us on earth to be his shepherds. So and that comes in many forms, right? So a painter, an artist uses God to then omit or, you know, really not talk or about the devil, not put it, put it in in these art forms. We do see it a lot in art forms. We do see the devil in art forms a lot. God uses us because we should be focusing on the beautiful things in life. Whether it be, you know, the Sistine Chapel, whether it be, you know, a beautiful meadow that just brings a lot of peace. You know, art tends to do that. And like, it's because God is using us as his vehicle. And when the devil uses us as his vehicle, which is very easy, let me tell you, sometimes when- Temptations everywhere. When life gets really easy for you, and when life is just like a breeze, that's because the devil is controlling it. Interesting. Great so, point. And and when God and, and Jesus are in your life, it's harder. I, it's hard, like life is hard. But the good thing is you have those challenges for a reason and you're meant to do something good in the world. When you have the devil, it's just, you know, you're essentially coasting through life, but you're never going to do anything meaningful. That's so good. Shout out to my mom. That was all her. That's another tweet. <laughs> um, let let's let's switch gears real real quick because yeah. I, I want to I want to touch on what you as a Bitcoiner woman thinks of Bitcoiner men. How can we be better? Because it goes back to your yeah. neck and your head thing. Like, yeah, if we're if we're if we're talking about like I'm a Bitcoiner man, you're a Bitcoiner woman. How do we be better? For each other, but for ourselves and for fellow Bitcoiner men, fellow Bitcoiner women. Yeah. I think one thing that I've noticed within Bitcoiner women versus Bitcoiner men is that Bitcoiner men tend to just talk about Bitcoin, the technical part, like, you know, the philosophy of Bitcoin. And that's all great. Like, I love how we bring it back to Bitcoin. That's fine. But Bitcoiner women tend to talk about a lot more topics of gravitas like we tend to talk a lot more about, you know, things that have nothing to do with Bitcoin. 
And I think that's the one thing I think men are scared of. Men are scared of, Bitcoiner men are scared of not talking about Bitcoin. Wait, what? That's not true at all. We talk about all sorts of things. But like, you give, always give me, bring give, it back to Bitcoin. Give me an example. Okay. Give me an example that, that where we, what topics do we avoid? I guess I should, should be the question I should ask. I don't think you avoid. I think you just end up bringing it back to Bitcoin. Like, oh, had, so you, so you say that, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, but no. you say that we just bring, always bring it back to Bitcoin and we yes. never like, yeah, we do do that. Yes. <laughs> so I had this challenge one day where I was like, pick, I'm going to give you like a random topic. Like it, I'm not going to name who it was, but I was like, I'm going to challenge you. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to tell you a topic and I'm going to try to have you not talk about Bitcoin. He's like, I'm always going to bring it back to Bitcoin. And he did. And many of you guys do that. Uh, we, we, we unfortunately <laughs> do or fortunately we do too. Yes, absolutely. So, so, so okay. So tell me, tell me why why that is and your mm -hmm. opinion on it then. Okay. So not to judge, but I just feel like you're all very scared of, you know, what could be if Bitcoin wasn't going to be the number one topic of conversation in a certain setting. I know you're looking no, at me with this scared I'm, I'm, face. I'm not, no, I'm not scared. I'm looking at you kind of like wondering like, where has this occurred? These are observations that the Bitcoin Wives Club have had. The Bitcoin Wives Club. I'm now, trying to figure out like where. Speaking for the Bitcoin Men's Club. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, guys. Totally. That was a joke. Uh, I'm a funny guy. So I guess we do bring it back to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But maybe, I think maybe what it is, and I can't, I can't only speak for myself. I know when I meet a, another Bitcoiner, um, we kind of do that just to see like, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. I feel like I always bring it back to Bitcoin to see where a fellow Bitcoiner man's incentives align. Okay. So sometimes you'll have Bitcoiners that are men in our space and they really are not about saving the world. They're in it. They're in right. it for Bitcoin maximalists are the ones that are saving the world. No, I wouldn't even give them a label. I would just say there's certain Bitcoiners that once you talk to them for, for a little bit and then mm -hmm. you go down this path of going back to Bitcoin or whatever, you do find, at least for me, I do find, like I'm speaking for myself, I do find that going down that kind of like rabbit hole of talking to other Bitcoiner men for myself, I do these, I ask these questions and I do these things on purpose to find out where their incentives really are. Do those incentives Okay. That spectrum that we talk about where there we have these core values and then we have these like right. outside values. We all have that. Uh, I feel like I have that where I have these core values for Bitcoin, but I also have these other values that other Bitcoiners won't have. Mm -hmm. And so I, I ask these roundabout questions and go down this rabbit hole with fellow Bitcoiners yeah. to get to a point to see if they if they match up with my outside, uh, you know, okay. values. And that's why I always bring it back to Bitcoin. Because it's kind of like a test that I run to see why that is. I don't know if all Bitcoiner men do that, but I know I do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good test for sure. And I think women, we might tend, we tend to be very trustworthy, right? We tend to like, when we meet someone, be very trustworthy and say our whole lives to them. And that's fine. And some people aren't like that either. Um, but that's my one caveat of Bitcoin men. That's just one. 
Oh, what's next? I have no other ones. What's the next one? No, no, no. I have no other caveats. Oh, I thought you said the porn thing. Oh, we're going to get there. So that's more about regular men, but I know porn. (laughs) Let's talk about that. So regular men tend to grow up and sexualize themselves via porn. Can you agree? I'm guilty of it too. I'm totally guilty of it. You know, until I became full on Christian and like Mm -hmm. went through that, it was hard for me to not see the failings of myself by doing that because it's literally like the devil coming in Mm -hmm. you and like taking over. It's lust. It's like the worst type of sins that you could have. Um, And I can only speak for myself, but I will say that's a it's a hard thing that any man has to or that's a hard thing I always had to struggle with. Right. You know, growing up. Right. Even having that strong mother there. Right. Was still hard for me to not to not avoid that with like the internet mm-hmm. and with like computers and all those things and I'm not blaming those things I'm just saying that you're you as a growing boy yes. <laughs> into a man it's it's everywhere it's it's hard not to see you think it's when you, boredom for myself I never saw it as boredom I always saw it as release okay and I realize now that a man's seed is the most important thing to have mm-hmm and so he needs to cultivate that. He needs to ensure that his seed is only used when it's like, right? you know, when you're making love to your partner. Right. Um, and so, I, I feel like that for myself, Yeah. I feel like for me, now that I'm on this spectrum of like moving over to full on Catholic, Mm-hmm. And trying to be a better man and, and trying right. to do the, the right thing every day and still having those temptations everywhere I go. I realize now that if I don't make these changes, mm-hmm. then how am I supposed to be this person that lives in the light? Exactly. Right. And I also, too, I will say this for men, and I say this to myself all the time. Yeah. God forgives. Right? God does forgive. So you can you can you can have these failings and you can go through these little pitfalls. Don't do them intentionally though. Don't do them intentionally. <laughs> now that we're saying that's, but that's I, I will, one thing. Let me finish this last thing. Yeah. I will say though, like God forgives and you make sure that you're you're working towards that and mm-hmm. that you are there and you're trying to get there. But that's what I do. Right. Because I can only speak for myself, but I do that. But yeah, sure. Being myself, being a Bitcoiner man in the Bitcoin industry, um, I hate calling it the industry, but to the outside perspective, and I'm just going to finish on this last point. Yeah, yeah. Because I really want to hammer home like what this feels like from a Bitcoiner. And, and, and you talk about the good things about the Bitcoiner men too. Well, <laughs> I used to be a fiat man. Now I'm a Bitcoiner man. And fiat men think of it completely differently. But as a Bitcoiner man, I see a lot more temptation from fiat women constantly. Yes, that's it's, that was my point. It's constantly coming my way. 
And I'm the type of man that like, since I became a Bitcoiner man and newly divorced Bitcoiner man, um, I'm looking for the right woman that's going to like help me become a better man. You know what right. I mean? Like what, what I believe to be a, exactly that version of that. And I, I think having a family, doing everything like you're saying that mm-hmm. us as men should do, I think having that strong foundation with God is at the center is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But I do know that for myself, it's there's so much temptation. Yes. So it's really praying to God every day. Yeah. And it's like asking for help. It's constantly talking, you know, having confession, like doing those things. Because if you don't do those things, then it's so easily to, you know, write outside the lines and, and scribble your. Oh, yeah. It's, e- it's easier. So, so my points. A sinner becomes a sinner when they know exactly what they're doing is a sin. So that's why I said, that's why I kind of interrupted you. And I was like, don't do things intentionally when you know that they're a sin. That's why we have to think more consciously, right? Like if you know that porn is bad, that porn is a sin because you are almost committing adultery. No, I'm sorry. You are committing adultery if you're in a relationship and you are committing adultery because you have a relationship with God. That is a, a mortal sin. So if you know that, then, and you continue doing it, there's just, there's almost a way that makes you so close to the devil because of pornography. It's the truth. And if you, if you even look at like, um, I saw this wonderful thread the other day. I don't know how it made it to my feed, but it, it started going down the list of like how it used to be seen, how porn was still around right. even in the old days where you had like, um, I think they were saying like witches and like all yeah. sorts of other, like it was this whole thread. I'll, I'll share it in the in the show notes, but it was mm-hmm. like this wonderful thread where it shows like the destruction of man through pornography and through viewing women as right. merely a, a lustful exactly. um human right or whatever you would call that and um and it was fascinating to see that kind of play out into the present day and everybody's looking at a black mirror you know on their phones and like back then it was like it was very similar and um i think that's the thing that really hits home at least with me is like seeing how it all played out and you're just like okay yeah this is the right thing and it's still i mean Porn is not just going on the internet or going on a magazine and finding porn. Porn exists now for free um, on Instagram, on OnlyFans, on all of these different medias because we're just letting these women, women and men sexualize themselves. That's porn as well, right? Like the penetration aspect of it. Yes, that's porn, but the fact that you're putting your body out there as well, that's also porn because it's you're sexualizing yourself in this way. And so my point to redeem your Bitcoin, the Bitcoiner men is that Bitcoiner men, and that's why I kind of asked you about boredom, Bitcoiner men are not bored. Why? Because you're in this discovery mode. You're always finding what's going to be new, what's going to be next. And there is no time for you to just like fiddle faddle through the internet and try to find pornography or try to find like a thirst trap 
what that's what the kids call it. <laughs> um, what is a thirst trap? I, a thirst, I'm so I just learned that? about it yesterday. What does that even mean? A thirst trap is like a picture that a woman puts on the internet to try to get the attention of men. That's all. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're 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 distracting men, right? So the good thing about Bitcoin or men is that you're not distracted at all because there is no time to be distracted and there is no time for boredom because there are so many things that you could be learning and you have to be learning because if not, you're never going to be at the forefront. And that's a beautiful thing, of, at least in our home, like if we're watching something on TV or on the computer, we want to make sure that we're learning something at the same time. Because if it's just like mindless, then that's probably not a good thing. And it is distracting and it is wasting your time, right? So, and you can learn from anything, right? You know, if you look up what what's like the thing I like to look, like if you go on YouTube and you look up um, Japanese tour through Osaka and it's just <laughs> like some dude on a train just showing you like little buttons on a train in Japan, okay, well, I'm learning about culture. I'm learning about like different ways to travel. And in reality, I'm just learning about different ways of living. Um, so that's, you know, for others that might be mindless, right? Like a Japanese like train ride through Osaka. But for me, that's learning. Um, and that's the beauty of being orange-pilled is you want to make sure you're always learning. Um, and I feel like regular men are really missing out. Because regular men, and I'm not saying anything's bad about sports, um, but tend to just gravitate towards sports, gravitate towards things that really distract them. And they don't really put a lot of time and effort into their relationships. And I've noticed that Bitcoiner men are really, really good spouses. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Very good spouses because they know that what's important to them is God their woman and Bitcoin in no particular order, but that's what's important to them. Why? Because if you have an orange pill mentality, you know that family is so important for the future. Right. It's the future. So you yeah. want to make sure you take care of your woman so that that woman can make your family the best family. Yeah, so it's such good advice. If you're a pleb out there watching porn, <laughs> stop. Stop. Save your seed. Save your seat for the right woman. That's what I say. At least that's what I'm doing these days. I mean, it's it's a it's a hard thing to struggle with, but it's necessary if we want to um, make a better world. Because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. like if if all of us men just stop consuming porn, then then we're looking at a point where there's no incentive for women to to do these things, right? I right. mean, is that crazy? A hundred percent. And oh. and for the women out there too, like if your man is out there working on Bitcoin for 12, 14 hours a day, don't ever reprimand them. I learned that. Don't ever reprimand them for doing what is essentially God's work because they, and you have to support them 100%. How do you do that? Do your own research. Do your own research about Bitcoin. Do your own research about this amazing industry that we live in. And, and you, have to, you have to support. Because if we don't support them, right? Going back to the neck. If you have no neck and the neck doesn't support the head, the head just like 
boggles over. So that's something that I feel like a lot of women have come up to me and they're like, how do you do it? Like he works so much. I'm like, it's taken a lot of time. But the important thing is that you have to support the man regardless because they are doing God's work. And thank God for Bitcoin. Yeah, that's that's literally how we all feel. Mm-hmm. I talk about that all the time. I feel like I'm saving humanity. Yeah. Like I have purpose. I didn't have and purpose you are. in my fiat life. Yeah. Uh, and our and our purpose as women is to raise children that are also going to make a better world. And our purpose as women is to support all of you men for doing God's work. And there are some women out there that they're, they have careers in Bitcoin and I 100% admire that as well. You know, that's a path that you decide to take. And then I love that path for you. That's, that's, yeah. I, I think also too, I think I, I work with a lot of women in the Bitcoin industry. Mm-hmm. and um, So smart. Sometimes we're smarter than the guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're just high more, highly more like um, just on point. <laughs> like you're just so on point. Yeah. Um, it's just the truth. And then like when I work with these women in Bitcoin, I feel like I'm leveling up. Yeah. Because I'm learning these different um, things that I didn't have in my like arsenal of like car things that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. Oh, that's how you do Oh, that's how you do Oh, that's how you do Like to me, when I work with Bitcoin or women, it's just like I'm adding all those extra tools that I didn't have before. But now I have them. Because I've worked alongside yeah. Bitcoiner women. It's a feminine That's, touch. Exactly. That's <laughs> totally what it is. The feminine touch. Man, what a great conversation. Yeah. I think. This was awesome. Do you got anything else? It's, it's, I know it's coming up to your time already. Yeah. Um, no. I. Do you want to finish off on one last thing that you had maybe? Sure. I think my biggest advice for women. And I'm, I'm always learning too. So whatever I say is not, you know, God. Um. But I think women need to stop apologizing. I think that's my best advice. Um, And feminism tends to also give that advice, but they tend to give that advice for women to stop apologizing for their actions. I, my advice is that women need to stop apologizing for their words. Interesting. I will, I will leave everyone with that. Uh, And I will also say just to end this, because I'm sure We'll have people reaching out to me and saying things. Oh, Car, you should have went this. You should have. say right now, I'm only speaking for myself. Yes. As a Bitcoiner man. Just speaking for myself. I can't speak for other Bitcoiner men. If I did say that through this, it's uncut. So if I did say that, I apologize. But honestly, I'm just speaking for myself. Don't um, apologize. No, I'm, I'm apologizing. <laughs> so I have, I have to work with these guys. I know. <laughs> so much crap. But I, I would just say like, I would just say that if you were in this room, you were having this conversation that me and Bitcoin wife were, were having, mm-hmm. you, you would feel it in the air and you would realize that we're all on the same team. We're all working towards the same goals. And that's like absolutely saving humanity. Yeah. And homeschool your kids. Oh, boss. All right. <laughs> we'll, end it, we'll end it with that. I'm doing this new thing now yeah. where, uh, well, actually, I'm just going to just gonna end it. I was, I was going to say, oh, I'm what? doing this new thing now where like Keon's been saying zap. He wants this to be zap. like a thing like zap. Like instead of saying like a bad word or you'd say, oh, oh that's so zap or like, okay. that's, he's like trying to do this thing like zap. And I'm like, dude, it's not going to work. But now. It's kind of like Mean Girls. You know it's what that it is? what it is? 
<laughs> and Mean Girls is like, Gretchen, stop making fetch a thing. Fetch isn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally probably what I am. Uh, all right. Anyways, we're going to end it here. Thanks for coming on the Beautiful. show. Thank you. Stay out super late tonight. Picking apples, making pies. Put a little something in our lemonade. And take it with us. We're half away in a fake empire. We're half away in a fake empire. Tiptoe through our shiny city with our diamond slippers on. Do our gay ballet nights. Bluebirds on our shoulders. We're half away. In a fake empire We're half awake In a fake Everything at once